Welcome to Wake Up Winden. Big welcome back to anybody who's ever listened before, and a welcome to everybody who's joining us for the first time. I'm your host, Brian Hickey, and we've covered Dark in the past before. That's where the name of the show comes from. So we've got every episode of Dark covered, if you ever seen that show or are interested in checking that out. And uh, today we're actually going to be covering The Beforeiners. And that's a show that I've, it's been on my radar for a couple of years. I've been, I watched it season one last year when it came out. Really, really interested in talking about it. And I had a few, a uh, day or two where I had some time. So just wanted to try to put this together. So it's just going to be me today, but I wanted to recap uh, the first episode of The Beforeiners and hopefully provide coverage of every episode going forward, and hopefully get some guests in the mix, too. I just wanted to kind of get started, because it's been about a year since I've recorded last, and I wanted to just jump back into it. So, uh, apologies if you're listening to the Tribes of Europa, and Jer and I got cut off. Things just got really busy. Uh, both of us were back to work, back in the office, and uh, it just got kind of tough. But uh, we still love doing this, so I just wanted to kind of jump in and talk about a show that I really liked, and I think that fits... Uh, wake up wind in because we've covered uh, in addition to a couple episodes of tribes of Europa uh, which I don't know if we're gonna get back to and all of dark we did cover all of equinox which was a show set in Denmark that uh, had a I just want to talk a little bit about later on in the episode uh, when it comes to one of the things that happens in the first episode of the foreigners but equinox it was okay it was six episodes wouldn't recommend it to everybody but if you've seen it we did cover every episode of that, and it's only six episodes. Um, it was, you know, it had its moments for sure. It was definitely kind of scary, but yeah, not one that I'm like, you know, singing about from the hills, but Jared and I did watch the whole one and we had fun with it. So we were, we cover mostly non-American shows. Uh, uh, I'm in the U S but, uh, for whatever reason, my niche has been doing some of these foreign language shows. And, um, I'm really glad that, um, I've just started watching these because, there's so many good things out there, and I'm so glad that we are living in an era of, you know, streaming where we can uh, have access to many different shows that we definitely wouldn't have in the past, uh, including shows like Dark and The Beforeiners. So, um, before I jump into the first episode of The Beforeiners, I thought I'd give kind of like a little broad pitch for it before we jump right in. I'm going to be spoiler-free for the series. Um, I'll spoil just episode one once we get into the rundown, but really quickly I'll give you a broad pitch and then let you know if you can want to jump out and uh, go watch it and come back and listen later. So it fits this podcast. Like I said, it's it's a non-American show. It's Norwegian. Uh, It involves time travel. It's pretty epic in scope and there's a lot of mystery that goes on with it. Um, a little bit difficult to explain, but I'll just try my best, best to wrap it up here. Uh, it's a show set in Oslo, Norway, where three sets of time travelers from three distinct periods start appearing in the modern day, and complications ensue for there. Uh, the show treats it very seriously, even if it's a premise that is you know, a little bit unbelievable. You have to stretch your imagination. How could this be happening? And the show tries to explain it through like various media forms going on throughout the episode. But... They, it's really a commentary on how the world might treat refugees or immigrants. And instead of from a location, the show is interested in doing it with time. So you have period um, from three different time periods in Norway's history, even though it appears to be happening all over the world, but I'll give you the rundown from Norway. 
Uh, we have the uh, Stone Age, which covers a really broad period of time when I was looking this up. Uh, from 2.6 million years ago all the way to 3300 BC. So that's quite a stretch. So it's uh, I'd, I'd be a little curious to know when exactly it is. I was guessing maybe like 5,000 years ago. And then the Norse Age was from 793 to 1066 AD. So you have... Uh, you know, people from like kind of like I guess you would think of uh, uh, traditionally like the Viking period, even though I know that uh, was very broad and that would go on for a longer time than that. But uh, you know, a, a very different from, from today's age, of course. And then you have people from I believe the late nineteenth century, uh, definitely the nineteenth century. And I think more specifically in the late nineteenth century, and they're really interesting to see too because. They're from a period that's much different too, but a little bit closer to what we see today. So they have some advantages, at least it seems to me from the first episode, in adopting to the modern society. But the show follows a couple, uh, it follows police officers, uh, one embattled police officer, uh, Lars, and he's played by the Matt Damon of Norway. I was looking it up. Uh, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but apparently him and this other actor are the Ben Affleck and Matt Damon of Norway, and I think he got the Matt Damon treatment. So I thought that was a cool little tidbit. Um, he's been in predominantly, mostly Norwegian films. The actor's name is Nikolai Cleve Brock. Um, and again, I'm going to be probably butchering some of these, some of these uh, pronunciations. And I do want to apologize. And I'll, I want to, I do want to give shout outs to the actors and the creators specifically the director Anne Bornstad and Eilif Skodvin. Uh, they created Lilyhammer as well. And from what I understand, that's a show about, a, I think, a detective who went to, to Lilyhammer uh, out in Norway. And I haven't, uh, I haven't seen it ever, but I have heard good things about it and kind of makes me interested to check it out after watching The Beforeners. But anyway, our main character, Lars, he gets teamed up with a... The first ever police officer who is from a different time period. So she's played by Krista Kosinen, actually a Finnish actress who had to learn Norwegian for the part. And she plays Alf Thielger, whose name gets mispronounced by almost everybody in the cast as well, because it apparently is an older name, a Norse name. So they're not used to it in the present day. And she gets disrespected throughout the episode. I really think she's kind of the heart of the show both in its uh, sincerity and also some levity. She's really funny, but also I think she's the most interesting character, and we can talk about reasons why as we go further. But I really like watching Elf Hilger. The actress does an amazing job, really passionate performance. So she's really great, and uh, I, the pairing of these two, uh, is, is it's really fun throughout the show, and they have good chemistry. So that those are the main characters that will follow. And I think I'll probably, if you haven't seen the show... I'll give you a chance to jump out here in case you want to pause and check it out. It's a really fascinating premise. I hope I did an okay job of explaining kind of what's going on. Uh, the the opening, just like if you watch the first like 10 minutes, I think you'll have an idea whether you're in or you're out. I was pretty in after the first 10 minutes, and I especially like the intro. They play, they play a great song through the intro. I think uh, Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City. And it's fun because... You have to watch the intro, it's not one you'd skip because they really use the intro to do some world building as they go around modern day Oslo and they show, you know, different banners of Timegrants Not Welcome, different, uh, it seems like, communities of Timegrants who are forced to live outside 
and you really get a sense of how the world has been thrown into a loop through the Norwegian lens. So I'll let you go there. It kind of has some leftovers vibes to me a little bit. kind of reminds me a little bit of that, uh, except kind of in reverse, uh, like that the people, they don't know where they're appearing from, and they have to figure that out. But if you've never seen the show, uh, check it out. And I think I'm going to go a little bit more in-depth into the characters now, and we'll be uh, going through episode one beat by beat. So a few other minor characters I would want to bring up would be the two chief of police. I mean, one's the head chief of police, and one's kind of like the location uh, chief, I guess you'd say. But you have Harold and Greta, and Greta's the main boss, and Harold is kind of like the... Uh, soup, uh, the can't think of the word, but the regional boss, I guess you'd say. And then they're kind of giving Lars the rundown about how, you know, he's on sick leave, he shouldn't be taking a murder trial because they want to look as if they're taking the case seriously. And, uh, but they seem to be fair bosses, or at least they, <laughs> actually, I want to take that back because I'm laughing at something Harold does late, uh, later in the episode, but we'll get to that beat by beat. But uh, they don't stick too much with me. They don't make too much of an impression. They're just, you know, older, uh, you know, serious Norwegian people who are the, you know, the higher-ups at the ch at the police station. You get, I think her name is Wenke. I could be, I'm really, I'm doing the best I can to say that. But she is uh, one of the, she, is, she works with Lars. I think she's Lars's partner before Elfilger. And she is, like, the epitome of, like, the lazy cop or the bad cop. She doesn't want to do any of the work, and she appears to be timeless, I guess I'd call it for, uh, I don't know if they'll get into that at all, but um, she's very prejudiced against people from the different time periods, and that comes out throughout the episode. Uh, so she's she's kind of like the worst character of, of everybody. And then I wanted to highlight another character who works at the police station. I think he's the sketch artist. His name is Alex. And I only bring him up because he was in another show, Norwegian show, that I really loved. Delightful little show called Home for Christmas. And <laughs> it's funny, I this isn't a show that would typically be up my alley, but it was really uh, kind of a fun romantic comedy, uh, all set in Norway. Really fun storyline, it had twists and turns, and he was in that too. He was one of the many uh, uh, <laughs> ex failed boyfriends for the main character, but... Uh, I do want to recommend that, even though it's very different. Home for Christmas, especially around the holidays, that's a really fun one. So it was funny just seeing... It's, it's cool seeing other characters uh, from different foreign language shows that pop up in other ones, too. So really liked seeing him. And then you have Lars's family. Tough stuff for Lars. After he uh, bought his place in Oslo, it appears that only three years later, his wife has divorced him, and she's actually with a time immigrant. She's with a guy from the 18th century called, or the 19th century, called Gregors. Uh, his wife's name is Marie. So if Marie and Gregors, that's uh, his ex and her new husband, and then they seem to have split custody over Ingrid, their daughter, who's a teenager, and she's uh, she's kind of going back and forth between the parents, and she's getting a little bit more what she wants from Lars, uh, and it seems like Gregor's is a little bit strict, and uh, she thinks that Gregor's is causing her mo mom to be strict as well. So we'll get into all of that, but those are kind of the main players, at least from episode one. And I think I want to start by going through the episode beat by beat.
So we're starting at night, and it seems that we have a group of teens who are skinny dipping. It looks like by the uh, Opera House in Oslo. Um, I was thinking I was so basic. I was like, this really reminds me of the Sydney Opera House. And it, I was going to look up what the building was, but later on they call it out. It is an opera house. And I know it's not exactly the same, but I did get those vibes kind of by the water. Interesting structure. So anyway, they're about to jump in. There's this flash of light, and people start appearing. This guy with a huge beard and long hair. And they uh, get the cops involved, because, and somebody who's close to the scene is our main character, Lars. And him and Marie have just closed in on the house. They are signing the papers. Lars is like, ugh, it's a little expensive. But the real estate agent is like, Psh, relax, you're making a great investment. It's, uh, you know, city center property always goes up in value. Uh, well, uh, they did not know about the coming time crisis that was happening that really seems to have devalued his place. Uh, we can talk about that as we go along further, too. But anyway, Lars gets called out to the scene. He gets called over, and he uh, they end up going, I believe, to, you know, kind of a facility where they are trying to figure out where these people are coming from. Um, and it's happening all over the world uh, based on the apartment, uh, the apartment's TV. So they end up going and they go to this like really modern facility, right? It's like a, you know, bright, like almost like a hospital facility, but with like bright white lights, almost like the ship on like from Darth Vader, where it's like so white and modern. And I just like imagine how confusing it would be for these people who are coming from the olden times. It must just be so off-putting and so uh, jarring to be in this place that is so uh, artificial, you know, after, um, you know, the places that they've lived. So they get an Icelandic translator and he says, you know, I only have a few minutes, I got to go. But he describes them as not speaking Icelandic, but as some sort of old Norse. So this causes Lars to be like, you know, what the F? You know, he's thinking what, what's going on here. He actually thinks that it might be caused for, uh, that there might be some cause for maybe a psychiatric award. They might have to call somebody in for some mental, mental health purposes. But as we see, as he goes back to his apartment, you go on the TV and they're talking about 13,000 arrivals are happening each year. We have a bit of a time jump and Lars is waking up. He's alone now. And I like how in this show we get to hear through the different media forms of what's going on in the world. I think it's very clever how they do this. It's part of the reason I really like the show, the world building. Uh, it really feels, it really feels lived in. And it was what's something that made me uh, really appreciate the leftovers too, I think is when they had like a list of all the celebrities who disappeared and you hear it's like Bobby Filet and Shaquille O'Neal. And it just gave like kind of like a sense of realism for the show with a ridiculous premise. And the same things with this. So you can imagine this happening all over the world. And, you know, in the, if it was happening in the United States, you know, you'd have all sorts of implications. Um, uh, and I can't imagine how badly people would be treated from uh, the same time periods in the United States because it would mostly be Native Americans. And, you know, based on what I've seen from the show and what I know about history, they would not be treated well. So I do wonder if, like, this show will ever, ever zoom out in scope. Uh, it's really fascinating how they handle the dynamics in Norway. But it would be fascinating to see the rest of the world, too. And it's part of the reason I wish more people knew about this show. is Because I think it has so much potential. There's so much they could go into uh, with this show. So I just wanted to kind of highlight just the scope of the world. So 
moving forward, we get to hear about, from the news, we hear about the different eras, and it's the Stone Age, the Norse era, the 19th century. A development for Lars, it seems like he's taking these futuristic eye drugs, and, you know, only a few years have passed, so, like, I don't know, I guess there's a big jump in this technology, I don't know about any eye drugs, but he's taking them through, through the drops, it seems to calm him down, relax him. And he lives with his daughter at least part of the time, uh, it does not look as swanky as it did a few years ago when they were buying it. And especially when they go out into the hallway, you hear problems throughout the house, like the sewer, sewer system is down, uh, it reeks, uh, seems like uh, there's a goat in the elevator, <laughs> that's a big problem. Uh, and uh, Lars makes a joke about how his daughter looks very Stone Age chic, so you have you know jokes about the world, you know, it's, it's very lived in. Something else I liked is that they have news for the 19th century listeners, and they called it Christiania instead of Oslo. And I don't know if that was for 19th, so maybe that was one for Norse listeners too. I'd have to I'd have to be fact checked on that. But I just think it's cool that they have different programs for the different time periods as well. Um, you see him drop off his daughter, and she is now with Gregors. You see, I don't think you find out he's from the 19th century until a little bit later on in the episode. But you see them together, and you can kind of see that, you know, things have fallen apart between those two. Uh, and then we get the intro, and we get the Ain't No Love. It's really awesome. This is one of my favorite things. It changes each episode, and it really, really does a great job of world building. You see uh, all sorts of things going on. Uh, I like my, one of my favorite things are uh, the 19th century guy. He's riding a bike, but he has, like, the Apple iPhone, uh, the Apple iPhones in. The, why can't I say it? the Apple headphones in, and it just looks really disorienting. There's a, a guy, I think I would be from the Stone Age, he's uh, kind of hanging out in the tree that they keep showing him throughout the episode. There's a, just a lot going on, it's like, ah, candy for the eyes, even if it is, you know, stuff that is scary and stuff that is, you know, a little bit too close to the real worlds too. But it does do a good job of just expanding the world. So we catch up after the intro with Wenche, Wenke and uh, Lars, and they're going to an art museum. And you can get a sense that Wenke is kind of timist. She's complaining about doing the documentation. She's complaining about doing the work. She thinks that this is kind of a waste of time. We also learn about Elfielger here. This is like, I really love the intro to Elfielger. She gets really cool music, some kind of like strings, like to a kind of a war drum or a war beat. And she's dressing up for her first day as a police officer. And we find out that, in fact, that she is a time immigrant. And she has an interesting use of moss, too. She uses it as kind of a sanitary pad. Uh, we found out why is because she can't even afford things like that. She has crippling student debt, which kind of makes you think about you know, time, the time travel in the first place. Like, she left, you know, being a warrior to deal with student debt. Uh, like, you know, it's just, you know, something that so many people go through, something that seems so mundane, uh, that this, like, great warrior from the, uh, from the olden days had to, has to deal with even, too. So I, I thought that was an interesting commentary. She is the first police time immigrant, and they're kind of using it to kind of build some PR, for the police station, not a great look for the Oslo cops, but uh, they really need some good news here because it seems like uh, there's kind of this sense that they don't really take the time 
uh, uh, crimes against time immigrants seriously, and they want to kind of change the the perspective of that. So they they have Al Fielger, and they're going to do this puff piece with her. They're going to have a reporter come and talk, and really going to build her up. How look at this great thing that we're doing. Just a side note. Um, Al Fielger, she is really amazing. If this has all happened in three years, for her to learn, you know, the current modern version of Norwegian and to be able to, you know, read and possibly drive and do all the things that a police officer would need to do is really amazing. And it makes you stretch your imagination, but then you kind of feel like an idiot because you're already stretching your imagination anyway for uh, this show. So I try not to think too hard about that. Um, I did kind of crack up when she was talking about reading the blog, and she just drops uh, in English so perfectly, the paranormal is the new normal. And I was like, mm, that might be a little plot hole, but we'll, we'll run with it. That's okay. <laughs> she, she could be just brilliant, I guess. So um, anyway, I digress. You see at the uh, uh, introduction ceremony for Elfielger that they're mispronouncing the name, the regional chief is mispronouncing her name and much like I am so I can't really can't really fault him too much but you know come on if you're the boss you know get the name right you know what I mean meanwhile Lars has been trying to do his job he's trying to investigate it looks like somebody who just time <laughs> time migrated uh time migrated to the current day uh she's dead and the mains uh everybody thinks it's supposed to be a drowning I think you get the sense that this happens a lot and that uh, Wenke is like case closed. It's easily a drowning. Like, why do we even do this? Come on, let's put it in. Let's put let's put this in. Let's go to. Uh, I have to go. <laughs> I have to go play bridge. But they don't. And Lars does his job, and he finds some uh, marks on her back, and he ends up calling it in a homicide investigation. And they think that she probably died like a few hours after she time migrated. So really sinister stuff. And Wenke is very upset about this. She's. Uh, you know, was about to get off for the day early, but instead she's got to stay and do more work. She's like, oh, look what you just opened up, Lars. So, uh, Wenke is like definitely the leader for the least valuable player of the of the show so far. Uh, she, she she takes the most joy of laughing at Alfielger too later on. So yeah, I just she's 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 repulsive through the first episode, but we'll see if she can improve throughout the series. Okay, so I liked this. So we had the uh, at the at the PR stint for Elfielka, you get the journalist, and she's from the 19th century, and she's really serious about her craft. Uh, this was supposed to be a puff piece, the uh, police chief thought, but she's asking questions about uh, why don't they take the pri or why don't time immigrant cases take priority? And he's like, "Come on, this isn't supposed to be it." He's actually more concerned about kind of directing the photo shoot. He wants to lift up Elfielger and give the thumbs up. I thought that was a really funny line. I was uh, cracking up going back and rewinding and looking at that one. She like ignores that and uh, you know presses him on more important matters. And he's like, you know, I thought you'd be old enough to, to know this was a puff piece. This is how these things work. And she's like, man, I'm from the 1870s. <laughs> she's like, I think I'm old enough to do this. So uh, kind of, she kind of puts him in check. She's an interesting character. We'll have to keep an eye out for her. She seems like she's on the hunt. She'll be pressing the police to do their job. So, you know, it's good. You know, uh, investigative journalism is really important. You know, got to get the answers. So she's doing the work. And that's kind of like one of the things I was noticing is that the 18th century, 19th century people do have a little bit of an easier time adopting 
since they have, um, you know, maybe more skills that would be more transferable or jobs that even existed, right? Like a journalist was a job, it seems like in that time. I, I know it was. Um, but, you know, in the there was no journalism in the Norse Age or in the Stone Age. So um, things like that would uh, be really tough to kind of integrate into modern day society. Uh, and they, I also I also like how they get they do coin the beforeigner's name. So uh, I guess the time immigrant foreigners you could go interchangeable throughout each one. We get back to the office and we find out that the lead cause of death now is a strangulation for the victim that Lars and Wenke found. But uh, Lars wants to take the lead, but the problem is he's on sick leave for a case of classic uh, chronic drowsiness. And he claims that he's better now, he's ready for the workload. The uh, higher-up police chief, Greta, she thinks that he's not ready, That and she asks what medicine he's on. He says it's a more natural medicine. They're skeptical, but then they have this idea to team him up with Alfilker, and that way they can have you know some positive press on the case because it looks like they're taking it seriously because they have somebody who you know would be very invested in hopefully the outcome. And much better than Wenke. It's, it's, this is a good uh, upgrade, I think, for Lars. At least somebody will take the job seriously. But he's, you know, not impressed. He, they, they cut over to um, Alfilger, and she's, like, examining her laptop in a comedic fashion. And she's, she's, really, she's really good. She's a really good physical actor. She makes me laugh a lot of the time. And uh, I just wanted to shout out that she does some good acting on that part, just some physical comedy. Nobody really wants anything to do with Elfilger, so she's kind of the butt of all the jokes. They're kind of, like, hazing her. She's the new girl going through all these things. And you got, like, the timeism act aspect that they're all dealing with, too. So, you know, so many parallels to the, to the real world. You could imagine anything with, like, racism, sexism, sexism um, misogynistic behavior, you know, um, behavior based on sexual orientation, uh, discrimination, I should say, based on sexual orientation. So... I think it's an interesting commentary on how they're using time uh, instead of those things. They are, uh, you see Lars and <laughs> Lars, Lars and Alfilga are getting to know each other. And, you know, he's playing a song on the radio and she goes, cool song. Is this Bruce Springsteen? And Lars just like doesn't even have it. He's like, yeah, something like that. You can't even laugh. Come on, my guy. That was funny. That was a good joke. Uh, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, so... The first place they go, they're, uh, they visit a couple cops. I'm not really sure what's going on here. If anybody wants to kind of enlighten me here, you can email at wakeupwinden <laughs> at gmail.com. But we walk in on two other cops, and I guess they were on duty the night before, but one of the cops is examining the other cop's ass, and not in like a sexual fashion, but more in like, uh, almost like, is he like checking out his tattoo? I don't know what was going on there, but anybody can help me there. And then the one that was getting his butt checked out, he wants to go get some mead with Uh They don't really have any information, per se. They're not very helpful. Uh, but Alfilger is getting some positive attention for them. So we'll have to see if he comes back. He's got kind of a distinct look. Big, tall guy with a beard. It's a lot of people in the show, but you know he's got, he's got a pretty firm jawline. Later on, Alfilger and Lars are going to somewhere secure it looks like it looks like they're going to like the place where they first take the the beforeigners so when they come in it's the place where they get oriented to the new world and when Lars is walking through he can see like the eye drops that that they're going on 
think they have a name for it later on in the episode, but he he sees them and he's obviously drawn to them. I don't know if I mentioned earlier, but he goes to like the underbelly of Oslo and buys drugs from a guy who's skinning a goat. So that happens too. Um, and like you can kind of see like that the value of his place has not gone up based on like what's going on around him. All right, so um, they end up finding the group that arrived with the dead girl, and they're questioning everybody. They have a picture of her. There's a lot of confusion. Uh, of course, everybody's disoriented. There's a priest uh, from the 18th century who, I mean, you could imagine they'd have a field day with this, right? They, they'd probably be talking about the end of times uh, as this revelation. So he's preaching. I'm not sure what he was saying. Um, I do have a bit of a bugaboo with the subtitles sometimes in the show. I can't quite get what everybody's saying. And sometimes HBO, it'll like kind of lag the subtitles. But, uh, you know, sorry. Sorry. It's a good show. Uh, so, uh, Elfilgar is already proven to be helpful because she can translate for everybody. So we saw in the very first scene that that was kind of a big, uh, that was kind of tough. So she's really good. She gets right in there and she's asking, have you seen this woman? Have you seen this woman? And nobody says yes, and they're about to leave when Lars notices that there's a girl that's asleep, and he's like, we kind of have to question her. So even though she's heavily medicated, they wake her up, and they question her, they show her the picture, and she immediately recognizes her. So she is, uh, she said that a monster in the water with glowing, a green monster with glowing eyes tried to take her, and it's called Hafuga? Hagufa? Hagufa. I think Hagufa is the monster. And uh, <laughs> then you get a debate between Lars and Elfilger about the veracity of this claim. And Elfilger is ready to take it seriously. She wants to think outside the box. You know, she comes from a time period where that thing would be more acceptable. Lars is from the modern day. He does not agree. He thinks that this there's no way this is real. He's basing it off modern science. So... He doesn't think so, and she definitely thinks that's what's happening. And later on, I like at the ending how we can see that the green monster, the Hafuga, was actually the green net with the red balls that captured the girl at the end. So I, I, I liked that. I liked how they showed the picture that Alex drew um, and then kind of showed the green net so we understand that that was, the, in fact, the monster. So it's those sinister boat people at the end, so... We will have to see what happens with that going forward. And we'll have to see if those guys are time immigrants or from the current time. Difficult to say right now. Yeah, this is where we get Elfilger, uh, you know, stopping to get some moss because she's using them as sanitary pads. And she explains that she is still in student, uh, has student debt. And I think Lars even drops her off and she's living in a trailer. And she's like, this is the biggest house I could afford after I had to move out of the dorms. So... Uh, you also get a moment where she's like kind of sitting in sadness um, after he drops her off. And, uh, you know, if you, feel, you feel for Elfielger. That's why I think she's the heart of the show. She's sad. She's happy. She's, uh, you know, emotional. She's a warrior. She's great. She's one of my favorite characters on TV. So I like how, like I said, we get like the radio, we get TV, we get uh, even classroom, uh, classroom explaining what has happened uh, to the time immigrants trying to explain what's going on. And they don't remember how they got there, but scientists are still working on that. So almost everybody who immigrated from a different time period, they don't remember like the moments leading up to them, uh, to them being there. 
And then the other thing that I that I learned from the classroom part, part of this when Ingrid was in her physics class or whatever, <laughs> modern science, whatever class they have, uh, describing what's happening to the to the time travel, they believe it's like these time spots where time slows down uh, only in that little area. And when they come out, it could be hundreds of years later, even thousands of years later, we see. So that's kind of the explanation. They believe that no backwards time travel is possible. So you do get that nugget uh, from the classroom as well. Uh, but of course, nobody's paying attention in the classroom because they're more concerned with paying for the Roost bus, which is a really interesting uh, little tradition uh, where, <laughs> where it seems like you have to pay like an exorbitant amount of money like $2,000 to $6,000 I read on average. Uh, and it's like a time of, uh, you know, public celebration and drinking and you get a van and you have to name the van and you get sponsors even. And it sounds like a very big to-do. There's different goals uh, that are that are, <laughs> that are assorted with it. Uh, some that, uh, you know, would not make, you know, mothers and fathers too happy if they were hearing about that. But I thought it was really interesting. Uh, in another show we watched, Equinox, we covered uh, the, the Danish people had a similar type of graduation celebration that is featured prominently in the first episode. So uh, I was just remembering parallels to that too. But uh, it seems like a really fun tradition, and, uh, but not according to uh, you know, the, our, our friend Gregors from the 18th century, who is very strict and speaks in proverb, and he is not having it, and he does not want Ingrid to go to that at all. So, uh, we have a scene where <laughs> Ingrid's parents are grilling, are grilling Ingrid about, uh, you know, the bend over express and they know it's not the bend over, but it's the bend over. And I like how they enunciate that through the English language. And, uh, so they freeze her credit card account so she can't pay that, what I said, exorbitant fee, 2,000 to 6,000, good Lord. Sometimes up to 30,000 I read. Sheesh, could you imagine? All right, now, uh, anyway, so she can't get it from her uh, step-parents, and when she tries to argue with, uh, with Gregors, her stepdad, he just kind of responds in, you know, 18th century, 19th century proverbs, uh, almost like he's like Ben Franklin, like a penny saved is a penny earned, but uh, it would be very annoying, and uh, I'd, be, I'd be very annoyed too if I was Ingrid, so she gets out of there and leaves. She heads over to... Um, Lars's house and she talks to him about it and he's a little more liberal with his with his parenting and he's like well don't they get that they're supposed to name it something funny and she's like no they don't understand that at all and he kind of agrees to pay for it himself so he's kind of being like the cool dad but also it's going to be kind of problematic because he's going over his wife's head and she doesn't know about it so imagine that this won't be great for them Anyway, he's getting some points with his daughter, Ingrid, so there is that. Meanwhile, Lars's story, he is, you know, getting these eye drops, like I said, from a Norse guy, it appears, and he gets a lot of eye drops. Like, there are, like, he has, like, eight, eight or nine bottles. It's, like, an ounce of eye drops, and he has them stocked up, and he's kind of in denial about his drug use throughout the episode. Um, he lies to, you know, of course, his bosses. He ends up lying to his new partner, Alfielger, and he thinks he has it under control, but he's using pretty regularly throughout the show, as we are seeing. Okay, so anyway, so a mean thing happens with Alfielger. I did not like this. So Lars, she, Elfielger calls Lars, and he's on his drugs, so he's grumpy, 
and or not grumpy, but he doesn't want to be disturbed. And Elfielger's telling him that, you know, she doesn't want to let go of this monster theory, the Hafuga theory. And she explains about it. She read about it on the Paranormal is the New Normal blog. And Lars is like, you know what? That's I'm going to troll her. And she he ends up telling her, you know what? Go ahead and make a report for the whole team tomorrow. She's like, don't you think it's a bit soon? And he's like, no, no, no. We need to hear this now. So he ends up, it looks like they're all looped in on this because they have Alex make a sketch for them. Wenke is laughing before this even starts. And she is really taking some glee in this whole scene where uh, poor Al Fielger is about to report about the Hafuga and the chief of police has to be like, uh, you know, we, we try to stay in science, uh, modern science. And she's embarrassed and it sucks. And it's definitely like a form of hazing and, you know, hopefully this will lead her to be like just like one of the one of the crew members after this, but definitely feel for Elf Fielger in this moment. Uh, they were not kind to her, and it has to suck. So, yeah, I just, you know, d did not like the behavior, and especially Wenke, you know, she's laugh laughing. So she's taking such glee, so such joy in this, and it just, you know, just, just kind of pissed me off, you know? feel bad for my girl Elf Fielger. They really teed Elf, Elf Fielger up with this, too. They were, they were setting her up. They were like, uh, Elf Fielger has... Uh, she has some info. She has a theory that she wants to share. The chief of police is like, ooh, do tell me. And yeah, she brings up the monster and it does not go well. All right. So throughout the episode, Elfielger has been looking at this guy on social media. I wasn't sure what was going on at first, but it becomes clear as she ends up hunting him down at a restaurant. So it's a bearded guy. It looks like he's from the Norse age. And, you know, he's eating at some restaurant. He ends up going to the bathroom. Elfielger comes in, and the music is really building up. And Elfielger confronts him, and she's like, do you remember me? And he doesn't remember her. And she ends up saying that he ended up raping her back uh, in 1077 or 1,000 years ago, 1,007 years ago, when she was only 12 years old. And this guy is disgusting. This guy is a real piece of work. And she ends up attacking him after, you know, he's been saying all sorts of crude things. She ends up just uh, attacking him, beating beating him up. Uh, I think because Lars is there, he had followed her based on the map um, from work. And she, uh, I think he ends up getting away, but she did some damage to him for sure. And uh, Lars is kind of being a real stick in the mud about this afterwards. He is like, well, going to have to report it. Because first he's like, you better hope he doesn't press charges. And Alfielger is like, trust me, he's a guy who wants nothing to do with being in a police station. And he's like, well, it's my responsibility to report it then. And she's like, you are such a hypocrite. You are taking this temproxate, that's what it is, the temp, the, he's a temp addict. And she's like, you've been taking this temproxate. I know what it smells like. I was in that facility. I got those drugs. I know exactly what it smells like. I, was, <laughs> I think she said she was sweating it out for, for ages after that. So she knows what it smells like so she can sense it on him. And he's like, uh, actually, it's medicine that helps me. So he's still in denial about it with her. But they kind of uh, come to an agreement because they aren't going to rat each other out. And it's kind of the start of a real friendship with them, actually. He ends up getting her the sanitary pads, um, and she's very thankful for them. <laughs> she's, she uh, has a funny comment about how it feels, and it's much better than the moss. So she says, it won't happen again. Your, your car won't get have moss on it anymore. Um, also, when she when she gets the sanitary pads, she drops an Oprah quote on him, which I thought was funny. 
uh, you know, she was doing the whole time immigrant thing where you speak in Proverbs and you expect it to be somebody old-fashioned. And she goes, no, Oprah Winfrey. And I really liked that part. You also hear the part on the radio where they're calling Oslo Christiania, and that's a nice little touch as well. So that brings us kind of to the end of the episode. We have a boat offshore, and it is not a good boat. It is the Hafuga monster. You have the green net and the red dots that go with it. And it ends up picking up a girl who has come aboard kicking and screaming. And I think we can assume that she's probably a time immigrant. It seems like maybe they have, um, and I'm not trying to spoil anything. I'm just generally wondering aloud that maybe they have some sort of system where they can see where the time, the time travel spots will appear and, uh, they hunt those spots down and they pick them up before they can get recorded. Looks like it's something that could be a, that could be a theory for me. But, yeah, I, I just, I think it's a really strong premiere. It really, I mean, it really leaves you with a sense of foreboding with this boat. These guys look really bad, really sinister, and you have to wonder about the safety of, you know, everybody that's coming in. Because 13,000 are happening a day, and that's just in Norway. I think you heard even like 17,000 in Papua New Guinea. So it's happening all over the world, and it'd be really cool to see a spinoff with, uh, in another country. Uh, but anyway... Uh, that is episode one of The Beforeners. So uh, thank you if you've made it this far in the podcast. It's been uh, really fun to just get back and talk about a show. I want to try to cover every episode of The Beforeners. think it's manageable. There's two seasons of six episodes, so 12 in total. And I'm trying to ramp up for 1899. Not 1883, the Yellowstone one, but 1899. That's going to be by the same creators of Dark definitely want to cover that show and i think it's coming out in 2022 i just haven't heard exactly when yet but i definitely want to cover that when that comes out so um be on the lookout for that if you've kept uh subscribed to wake up wind throughout the past year thank you so much uh um and here's a little episode that's popping up on your feed so if you've uh, never seen before and hope you give it a shot uh really fun show um and yeah I uh, hope everybody's doing well out there. If you've got any TV recommendations for me, I'm always, always curious to hear what people are watching, what people think are good. Watching a ton of stuff right now. I just finished Southside on HBO. Uh, totally different show, but really funny. I really enjoyed that. Uh, watching Euphoria. I'm a little bit behind on that, but I kind of forgot how good it was. I was sleeping on it, and I came back into it, and I've been really kind of hooked on Euphoria the last week. So I know season... Uh, two ended a couple weeks ago. I'm a few episodes behind, but coming up strong on that. And uh, I watched uh, The Girl in the Window across from the house in the street. I'm totally butchering this name, but it's that long title, The Spoof on Netflix. I thought that was pretty good, too. Um, an easy watch. Only 10 episodes, 30 minutes long. So just a little bit of the TV I've been watching. I'm sure I'm forgetting other things as well. Um, but yeah, I hope, uh, hope you guys are doing good. And thank you so much for listening and staying subscribed. Take care, everyone.